Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources today. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we actually attempt to slow things down for you, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And there is a, a lot going on today that we are going to cover over the next hour. The funeral services for George Floyd are being held uh, in Houston today, we will dip in and out of that coverage live as we go through the hour. So stay tuned for more of that. We'll also be joined coming up here at 1120. Uh, one of my favorite people to talk to in times like this, uh, Jenny Howe, will join us. And how do we talk to our kids uh, about racism, about what's going on in the world, about some of the unrest? And how do we make that a positive, fruitful conversation? Uh, you don't want to miss that. Jenny Howe coming up at 1120. Uh, and then you really just need to stay with us through the whole hour. Uh, we have a very special treat for you coming up at 1135. Uh, longtime civil rights activist, one of the last students actually trained by Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Reverend Amos Brown, is going to join us live at 1135. Uh, we'll get his insight on everything that's going on. He uh, was part of a group that uh, penned an op-ed yesterday, uh, Amos Brown, along with President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Derek Johnson, who's the CEO of the NAACP, and uh, Leon uh, Russell, who is the chairman of the NAACP. They all uh, joined together. Uh, but I want to get uh, uh, Reverend Brown's perspective uh, on all of this, where things are, where things go next. So important conversations coming up. Uh, and then we'll round out our, our hour today. Uh, talking about a letter to the future. We're going to look 100 years down the road and uh, an interesting thing to think about. And so stay with us for all of that as well. And I want you to be part of the conversation, as we always do. And you can chime in on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. Let us know what you're thinking. What are you feeling today? What are you looking forward to? Uh, we're continuing to monitor uh, what's happening as it relates to the coronavirus and uh, how that's impacting the state, the little bump we've seen uh, as we've started to open up society, open up businesses a little bit more. And so we'll continue to break that down as we go through the day as well. All right, I'm going to go ahead. Let's uh, let's dip into a little bit of coverage here. This is live from Houston, and uh, this is Dre Tate. 
uh, singing. He says they begin. Also interesting, they've got an artist uh, painting in the background. Uh, really interesting. Take a listen. But then I go to my brother. I say, brother, help me, please. But he winds up knocking me back down on my knees. And that's uh, some live coverage. They're just getting underway uh, there at the funeral uh, for George Floyd today down in Houston, Texas. Uh, We'll continue to monitor that uh, as we go through the hour. I'm sure there'll be some uh, really stirring and and interesting words spoken uh, at that funeral today. A funeral that uh, really is at the epicenter of so many things uh, that have been happening over the last 10 days as the uh, death of George Floyd uh, sparked protests, some less peaceful early on, peaceful as it's gone forward, uh, which is exactly what we want to get to those peaceful protests. And and then we need to get to the next step. Uh, What is the conversation and how do we have that conversation in a more meaningful way Uh, to go beyond just the words and the rhetoric? uh, Both political parties can do their things. We can have battles over uh, all kinds of different issues. But the the question remains, what are we going to do about it? What action are we going to take? And, and I know it's it's easy to sit back and feel like, well, there's there's really nothing I can do about it. Uh, but there there is. There's always something we can do. And everybody can do something. And we're going to have those conversations today. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, make sure you stay with us through the hour. At 1135, we'll be joined by legendary uh, civil rights leader Amos Brown, uh, who is the 17th pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church in San Francisco uh, has been out here to Salt Lake on a number of occasions, has been part of some great interfaith work uh, and some things that uh, have really made a difference for uh, a number of people. Uh, so we're going to watch that and uh, continue to monitor that as we go through the day today. All right, uh, let's get to a little bit of the uh, the political side of things. Yesterday, uh, the uh, Democrats in the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C., uh, rolled out the Justice in Policing Act of 2020, and Nancy Pelosi took to the microphone first to just kind of frame this is what it's about. The Justice in Policing Act will remove barriers to prosecuting police misconduct and covering damages by addressing the quality immunity doctrine. It will end to will demilitarize the police by limiting the transfer of military weaponry to state and local police departments. Okay, so those are just a a couple of the pieces there. I I think one of the most important things we've got to do as we try to deal with anything at the federal level is we've got to make sure that it's done in public, in front of the American people. Uh, I know there's been a a lot of uh, conversation around the defund uh, effort and that conversation. I think we need to I think we need to have new conversations. Yeah. Can we reimagine what law enforcement looks like? Sure. Absolutely, we need to do that. Uh, But this is not one of those where you throw everything out. Uh, There's a lot of good things in place that need to be kept in place. There are things that need radical reform, big-time reform, and those need to be addressed. Uh, The important thing is that we don't allow the political parties 
to go behind closed doors again and each come up with their own little plan and their own little fundraising component to it, how they can rile up their base and raise money and try to score political points. Uh, It's time to get to problem solving. This is what our elected officials were elected to do, to legislate, to come together, to talk about issues, to use the bully pulpit that each of them have, whether that's a local county commissioner or the president of the United States, they all have a responsibility to use what bully pulpit they have to lead the right kind of conversation. And you can say there are people on all sides that are guilty of all kinds of things. Absolutely true. The only thing we can do is look at what is right in front of us and then ask, what will we do next? Uh, it's one of the favorite, one of my favorite things we did in our uh, interview with uh, Coach Mark Pope from down at BYU. You know, he was asked, how did you, how did you tell your players that their, their goals, their dreams of going to the NCAA tournament in March Madness were just gone, overdone? He said, it was exactly like any other conversation. He said, in basketball, the game only asks questions. One question, how are you going to respond to what just happened? You miss five shots in a row, how are you going to respond? The referee makes a bad call, how are you going to respond? You have a big win, how are you going to respond? You have a bad loss, how are you going to respond? And life is exactly the same. Big problem happens, how are you going to respond? You have a big success, how are you going to respond? And right now the nation is looking at one of those opportunities. And the question for all of us is, how will we respond? Are we going to respond with kindness and grace? Are we going to respond with listening and engagement? Or are we going to retreat to our corners? Are we going to go to the talking points of the political parties? Are we just going to be content with the status quo? Or will we expect more? Uh, We've settled long enough in this country. Uh, We need leaders to lead at every level. And not just in the political and government space. We need business leaders to step up. We need community leaders to step up. We need religious leaders to step up and lead a real conversation about how we move forward uh, as a nation, together, united. Oneness is not sameness in this country, and we need to prove it. We need to make sure that we are following what Lincoln laid out, that We need to clear the path of laudable pursuit for all, to give all an unfettered start and a fair chance in the race of life. And we can do that. And Utah's doing it pretty well, and we can do it better. And we're going to continue that discussion as we roll along. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, don't miss this. Jenny Howe's going to join us. We're going to talk about how do we have this conversation with our children next on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.